Follow East of Maine Sports for all the best of local sports coverage at Facebook at Eastern Maine Sports, at Instagram at Eastern Maine Sports, at Twitter at Eastern ME Sports, and also on the web at EasternMainSports.com. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. It's Eastern Maine Sports Podcast. My name is Mark Callen. As usual, I got uh, Chris Lesnar and Jeff Hoke with me and uh, ready to get another year started. We haven't uh, really talked for a while, guys, on here. And um, a lot has happened since we last talked. Um, you know, the Stanley Cup Finals happened. A lot happened with the Celtics since we last talked. As, uh, you know, they kind of got a new team, maybe a more likable team now, and hopefully a team that can make a run here this coming season. Uh, Bruins made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and uh, fell there to the Blues. And uh, we're late into the Red Sox season now. And uh, the Patriots are about ready to get going. So a lot has happened, hasn't it, guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so let's um let's just start with um with yeah maybe you guys' thoughts on uh, maybe first the uh, the Bruins and um again we, this happened a long time ago but we haven't had one of these for a while um, Jeff maybe just uh, your brief recap on uh, the Bruins and uh, how that all transpired a fun series that came to a very disappointing end uh, a very lackluster game seven for the Bruins. Uh, that ended in a uh, championship, first championship for the St. Louis Blues. Um, just bad, bad, bad play all around for the Bruins. Um, just, just a tough way to end your season after you uh, play so well getting up to this point. Yeah, and, and Chris, I mean, you know, obviously you've had plenty of time to uh, kind of take that in now, and obviously it was disappointing at the time. But looking back, um, a run that not many people expected, right? No, not many people expected it, and really you have to hats off to St. Louis. I mean, I thought at the beginning of the their team, and I was wrong, especially that game ones were simply outplayed by the Blues, and hats off to St. Louis, and hats off to who, uh, you know, got drafted in 2011 and had played one career game coming this year, and now we want a Stanley Cup. Yeah, kudos to them. Um Let's move on to the Celtics where, it, you know, we talk about a lot of, you know, under, underachieving teams. They're right at the top of the list, how, how, that, how this past season transpired. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving, obviously a superstar on the court, but off the court um, doesn't sound like as much of a superstar there. And uh, kind of they got maybe not as a talented as group as last year, but definitely a more likable group that can contend in, in the East, don't you think, guys? Go start with you, Chris. Chris? Well, okay then. We can start with you, Jeff. Okay. What do you think about the Celtics and uh, kind of kind of where they're, they're at going into this season? I'm very excited for this team. Uh, I think the addition of Kemba Walker is going to kind of get this team going a little bit there. Uh, you, you see three or four of their players are actually on uh, uh, Team USA Basketball, and uh, I think they're getting good chemistry from that and I think going into the season I I was very I was very uh surprised by the signing but I'm also very excited because he's kind of like Kyrie Irving but just a more likable version of Kyrie Irving not as big of an ego as Kyrie Irving and can still ball out like Kyrie Irving did yeah and I mean uh, uh, Chris you know obviously a lot was put on Kyrie Irving about this last season some of these other guys need to step up too um you know and I, I think one of the big ones obviously is J- Jason Tatum who is is capable of doing that but I mean, these young guys have a lot to a lot to learn, and uh, maybe maybe Walker can be more of a leader that they need, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think uh, 
especially Jason Tatum, needs to uh, definitely step up his game this upcoming season, um, especially uh, with losing a guy like Al Horford, who was a big leader on the team. Um, so along with uh, Brown and some of the other young guys, uh, Tatum really needs to step up his game this year. And I think Kemba, having Kemba Walker there as a leader is going to help them a lot. Yeah, so we'll, we'll in upcoming podcasts, we'll talk more about the Celtics and Bruins as we get close to their season. But um, let's move on to a team that is actually playing regular season games right now, and that's that's the Red Sox, where um, right now as we, we record this, um, they sit six and a half games out of the um, second wildcard spot behind Tampa Bay. Um, just kind of looking at the, the schedules today, um, you know, next week they get, they get a chance to, uh, you know, if they can play well at West, they get a chance to make up some ground as uh, Tampa Bay has to play uh, Houston and Cleveland next week. And, uh, you know, they, they get a chance to make up some ground. I think Oakland might be a tougher team to catch. Um, but they still get games um, two this week with the Yankees, and they go, still have to go to New York and, and to Houston. So, you know, they, they get a chance, as long as the Red Sox play well, they could, they could make up some, uh, some ground here, as uh, Cleveland still has a tough schedule too, um, especially in September with uh, six against Minnesota. They still play Philly. They still play Washington. So, you know, if the Red Sox play well, they can get this done. But um, playing well consistently hasn't been a thing they've been doing much this season, right, Jeff? It hasn't, and it's been just a fluctuation of a season. And it, it can't, uh, you, you look at the offense in there, they've been producing. Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts are having historic seasons. Uh, the starting pitching has just been horrendous this season. They can't go more than four or five innings. Uh, bullpen has been keeping them into the games. The game I went to yesterday, you guys saw, uh, bullpen kept them in that game, and but the offense can produce. When the when the, when the pitching's on, the offense is off. When the offense is on, the pitching is off. Yeah. And lastly, it has to be you know some credit to Aaron Nola there as um he he's one of the best one of the best in the game and he showed it last lastly against a tough offense. But um you know Chris obviously the the loss of Chris Sale um, coming down the stretch is going to make it even more difficult to um, catch whoever Tampa Bay, Oakland, Cleveland, whoever. But um you know if the bullpen keeps pitching like they have. They do have a chance to go on a run, and they got plenty of off days where they can kind of use that bullpen a lot. Um, what do you think of their chances here? That you know, six and a half out, so if game 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 a week, they they can be right there at the end. But what do you think of their chances, Chris? Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's definitely possible. I I it seems to seems to be lately, you know, when they win, Tampa wins, and just the opposite the other way around. So um, it's going to be tough. Um, this this West Coast trip is going to be a tough one coming up. Um, they definitely have the offense to do it, and the bullpen's been really good. Um, the starting pitching, uh, especially lately, uh, it, it's just they, they build such a huge deficit early in the game. seems like first, second, third innings have been uh, the biggest struggle for the starting staff all year. Yeah, and it's important. They get, um, sounds like they can get Price back Sunday. Um, hopefully, Porcello can build off his last out, and, and uh, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez keeps doing his thing, giving six or seven innings, and the other two spots, you know, they can kind of uses bullpen games, but we'll see what happens. But I do want to talk about one person that Jeff mentioned. Um, we are seeing um, Stadham there and uh, Raphael Devers as uh, just, just unbelievable what he's doing and uh, kind of fortunate to have him on a team we follow on a daily basis, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Devers is the uh, first player since 2005, uh, first player before the age of 23 since uh, Miguel Cabrera in 2005, get 100 runs and 100 RBIs in the same season. And the first Red Sox player to do that since Ted Williams. Um, something else we want to watch with Devers, too, 
He's on pace for 59 doubles. Um, he has 46 right now. There's only 10 players in Major League Baseball history that have had 55 or more doubles in a season. Last one was Todd, Todd Helton back in 2000 with 59. So that's another thing to uh, keep an eye on down the stretch. I, I saw an interesting quote the other day. Uh, Terry Francona, the Indians manager, compared uh, Devers to uh, who's now a Hall of Famer, Vladimir Guerrero, saying there's not a pitch he uh, doesn't think he can hit, and he hits most of them. Quote from uh, Terry Francona I found kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Another one a lot of people make is Adrian Beltre. As, uh, you know, and Beltre will be a first ballot Hall of Famer also, um, is his first year he struggled defensively, you know, kind of had some holes in his swing. And then after that, he just kept improving and ended up to be the Hall of Famer he, he was. But, um, you know, Jeff, we can't, you know, just because we don't know how this season is going to end as a team-wise for the Red Sox, but we just can't look at past what this guy has done for the no, no matter how it ends. And he definitely should be in, the, I mean, top three or four at least for MVP and maybe higher, don't you think, Jeff? I feel like someone uh, in this, in one of us three guessed that. I think it was you, Mark, was it, Mark? Yeah, well, yeah. I actually I actually said Ben champion, not MVP, which is still a possibility. To also. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, no, you can't look past this. I mean, he's been red, white hot since June. Um, he's just been improving every day. Um, I got the chance to watch him yesterday. He he uh, he had he hit some really good balls that just unfortunately didn't uh, get into the gap or anything, but. This this kid's gonna be a stud. He's only twenty two years old. I mean, uh, that's that's the mo- that's insane to even think that he he doesn't even look like he's twenty two years old. He's hitting like he's a uh, seasoned vet vet at age twenty eight. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible what he's doing, isn't it? Um, we're gonna take a uh, we're gonna... high school sports and you may. Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union now serving all of Piscataquis, Penobscot, and Somerset counties. Visit them in Dexter, Guilford, Dover, Foxcroft, Greenville, Brownville, and Keenan, providing personal service and shared value. Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union, member NCUA, an equal housing lender. See you at the game. Thank you to Maine Highlands Federal Credit Union, Riles Garage, and Heron Brothers for advertising with Eastern Maine Sports. All right, we're back with you here on the podcast at East Main Sports, and uh, we're going to um, jump right into the Patriots. We'll do a NFL preview coming up in the next week or two, but um, we're going to just talk about maybe the impact. Um, we found out in the past week that Josh Gordon um, reinstated. Uh, he won't play um, this week, but um, he'll be eligible starting uh, next week if they decide to play him, and then obviously for the regular season. Um my opinion is this is obviously great. This gives them the, um, you know, kind of what they needed here. Um, but also, I don't know if they can, they should put him as the number one guy just because you don't know how long he, he's going to be with them. Because it seems like he, it always, something happens and, and then he, he isn't with them. But obviously, it's going to make a huge impact, don't you think, guys? And uh, kind of what, what do you think, um, obviously, his role is going to be important. But what do you think his role is going to be, uh, Chris? Well, I mean, he, um, the thing about Gordon, like you mentioned and kind of touched on was, you know, if he keeps his nose clean, he, uh, he hasn't played a full season in the NFL since he's been in the NFL. Um, he played 11 games for the Patriots last year, 700 yards, a little over 700 yards and three touchdowns. I think realistically, it, you, you're looking at a guy that, that with a full season could put up over 1,000 yards, maybe somewhere around seven, eight touchdowns. And I think he can be uh, a big target 
for Brady, especially, uh, you know, not having Gronkowski to throw to this year. Yeah, Jeff, pretty pretty exciting they have him, and hopefully he can stick around all season, huh, Jeff? No, really, yeah, I mean, the guy can really open up the field when he's out there. Uh, and it's not, not just throwing to him. I mean, when, when he's out there, we, we've, we saw it last season. When he's out there, a lot of the other receivers are getting open. Uh, you're not covering Edelman as much. You're, you, you've got these other players getting open. This wide receiver chart is stacked this year, and this is something that we didn't think was was even a possibility last year. I mean, you got Thomas, you got Harry, you got Edelman, you got Dorsett, Gordon, uh, the upcoming of Jacoby Myers, Braxton Berrios. I, it's going to be hard to cut somebody here in the next couple of weeks, but Gordon's going to play a huge part in this offense, and I think Brady's very excited to have him because he has a deep threat now, and only – only if he can keep his nose clean, like Chris said, I think he can have a massive season. Yeah, and I think, I that, think the I best think... deep threat they've had since uh, since Randy Moss, really the best uh, the uh, the best deep threat they've had since Moss, yeah, I believe. So hopefully, he can stay on the field. And um, you know, a little bit about that. I, I don't. I don't think after they reinstated Hill, I don't think they had any choice but to. In reinstate Gordon and I, uh, you know, and you know, we bash the NFL. I bash it more than anything, but. I, I, Good that they did this because, you know, they, they didn't have to. Obviously, they should have because what Hill did was a lot, obviously, worse than anything that Golden has done. But, um, you know, not a lot of people thought they would do this. So, so good, good that they did. And as I said, it's up to Golden now to how long he's going to stay around and, and hopefully it's all season and um, lead the Patriots on another amazing run. So hopefully that happens. So, again, we'll talk more about the NFL coming up probably, uh, again, next week. We'll probably do the NFL preview and uh, uh, do some predictions and go from there. But um, I'm going to jump over to um, a lot of – we talked about reclassification in football. Let's talk about it in uh, other sports a little bit. As uh, Mainly in soccer, there, there's um, Brewer. Um, they moved uh, – they have moved to uh, Class A. So um, they moving up to Class B. And they, they're actually going to another sports too later um, – baseball and softball so uh, you know both sports they make deep runs in constantly but they have moved up to class a in uh in soccer so that's that's a big big move there um mount mount view and washington academy have been moved to class b to class c north and a school that you know well jeff uh, pchs has moved from class c north to class d south um you know and maybe i mean i know there's a lot of good teams in class d south but um maybe they can make a run huh jeff now that they uh kind of in that class, I know Greenville's good. There's a lot of good teams there, but um, you know, see what they can do there, huh? And yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be good for uh, for our school. I mean, we, we've just, we've we've had good soccer teams in the past, but we've always always struggled because uh, we're a small school and we don't have the numbers uh, to really compete with the Class C schools. Uh, with Class D South, you're not really going to see a lot of the teams until the playoffs except maybe Greenville. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule yet, so I don't know if they play Greenville or not. They do. Um, they do. Uh, so, yeah, you, you you see Greenville. And other than that, you're not going to see the other teams until uh, really playoffs. But I, I think this is a good opportunity uh, for PCHS to make a run, especially the boys' soccer team, who is a very good up-and-coming team here in the next year or two. Yeah, they um, yeah, Trey Gilbert does a good job with them, and uh, we'll see where they go. Other other notable changes um, – these teams have moved from Class B North to Class B South, and that is uh, Gardner, Erskine Academy, and, and Madomic Valley. They have all moved, so they're in class, been playing Class B South in soccer um, this year. So, um, um, one other note: um, 
we don't have a lot of volleyball teams up here, but um, Nokomis is actually a new um, – they joined Sanford and Westbrook as new volleyball programs in the state. So that's kind of interesting because we don't um, – you know, we don't have a lot of that up here. That's more of a southern Maine uh, sport. Um, but they, but they, they will, uh, you know, kind of be in that uh, – in the um, class B, I believe in volleyball. So, um, yeah. And just one thing to add, Mark, on, on soccer that I wanted to pass along. The long, long time coach of Bangor Christian has, um, retired and stepped down, stepped away. He's, uh, actually moving to Pennsylvania, but just wanted to add that in there. He, he's done a lot for Bangor Christian, that soccer program and kudos to him on what he's done for that program. Yeah. One of the better soccer programs in the state and, and definitely he helped build that. So, um, thanks for pointing that out, uh, Chris. And, uh, um, that's, uh, that's interesting there. And, um, you know, he's, he's definitely a, a legend, um, coaching legend. Um, do want to mention field hockey too. Um, these teams will move from the South to the North. So teams like, uh, Dexter PCHS Orno will be seeing, uh, come tournament time. Um, and that is uh, Spruce Mountain, Mountain Valley, and Diego. They moved to move from the south to the north. But um, three quality uh, programs have moved from the north itself, and that's Booth Bay, Winthrop, and Haldale. So some changes there in field hockey. Um, state championships in field hockey will be at Mesowanski High School uh, this coming early November. So um, some moves there, and uh, just uh, wanted to update people on, on those, and uh, we'll get more into the high school stuff here coming up in the – in the future, you know, weeks here, um, as this, um, on our weekly podcast, but, um, another, um, I want to, um, send this, um, over to Chris now, as I want you to maybe just give a kind of a, just in case we don't get to talk about it before the opener next Friday on uh, um, August 30th, um, oh, you mean football and kind of how excited, exciting this program is right now, um, after they run last year and, uh, they should they're picked to make another deep run this year. Chris can talk about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's uh, going to be a little different without Coach uh, Harris Semiak. He's gone on to Minnesota, and just wanted to say about that, it, it shouldn't be too long before he has a, another head coaching job somewhere. Um, but they got the right guys to take over the program this year. The pretty much same coaching staff, other than Harris Semiak being at the head, obviously. Um, they open up next Friday against Sacred Heart out of the New England Conference. Um, Sacred Heart, uh, no slouch at all. They won nine games and went five and one in their conference last year. Maine has um, two games this year against uh, Division One teams. Um, Georgia Southern is one of those teams. Um, that's in the second week of the season, and then on October nineteenth, Maine goes to Liberty. But uh, just uh, telling you how good a Georgia Southern team is. Their first game of the season is at number six, LSU. <laughs> and last year, they beat App State by 20 points. They played Clemson, and they beat Eastern Michigan in a bowl game. So that's ahead of Maine for week two. And uh, mark your calendars for week three, um, Maine's second home game of the season. Townsend comes up here, and they have a phenomenal quarterback. Tommy Tom Boy. Flacco, Joe Flacco's brother. Yep, he's a great quarterback. He... Uh, they scored 76 touchdowns last year. Flacco uh, made up for 33 of those touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns and 28 with his arm. So that should be a phenomenal game in week three. And looking forward to the main football, I think they should win right around eight or nine games. They'll be in the running for the uh... – oh. oh, I think you might have lost Chris, Jeff. 
They'll be in the running, though. They will be in the running for the uh, CAA, uh, their conference, and I they they very well could make another run like they did last year at their uh, make it to the final four because they they're going to be a very very good team defensively again. I feel. No, I agree with that, and uh, I'm sure you'll be down to some games covering them. I know Chris will be at most of, most or all the home games, so um, we'll have that covered. Uh, East of Main Sports, and I kind of. We, we kind of got Chris, you're back, and uh, kind of the, yeah. should make a make a run at the conference again and uh, make a deep run, huh? Yeah, they should be in the running for the conference title again this year. I think they'll win eight or nine games. Uh, they got twelve scheduled. Again, two against Division One A teams, obviously in Georgia Southern and Liberty. You don't expect them to win those games, but they did win one last year. So you never know when you get into those games and. Having a healthy Chris Ferguson at quarterback all year is definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be good for them. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to that. As I said, we'll get more into that maybe uh, in the next week or two. We can catch up and uh, and we'll do a preview of, of uh, for you mean football um, as they're getting started here. Um, Chris, you'll be at the opener, and uh, we'll um, have them covered at EasternMainSports.com. Um, we're going to wrap up this with um, kind of. Um, kind of a new thing we're going to do at the end of uh, each, each podcast, kind of the highlight and low light. Um, mainly it's going to be a weekly thing, but we haven't see, talked to each other on here for a while, so it can be whatever in the last few months or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, we can start with you, Jeff. Why don't we, why don't we start with you? Highlight and low light of, uh, for you. My low light has obviously been the Red Sox starting pitching and the Red Sox uh, uh, tumultuous season. Um, but six and a half games back, they still have a great chance. Uh, losing Chris Sale obviously is not a is not a good thing. Um, but if anyone if anyone can do it, uh, like you said, we've seen it before. If this team can make a comeback, it's it's this team. Um, and my highlight obviously is my new show with Wayne Harvey and crew on ninety two nine, the ticket. And I'm so grateful for Dale Duff for letting me uh, produce his show for the final final stretch. And uh, make sure you. Check us out at uh, 6 a.m. in the morning and Dale Duff at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, actually. Yeah, I caught one of your shows there earlier this week. You do a good job there, Jeff, and uh, uh, Wayne does a good job with that show. So uh, thank you for that. And we can send it over to you, Chris. All right. Well, uh, I would say my highlight would be um, the Little League World Series and the Major League Baseball game that coincides with that. Seeing those Major League Baseball players at Williamsport, you know, in the daytime, they were down there watching the Little League games at the World Series, and then turn right around, the kids are there at night watching the Major Leaguers play. So that's definitely one of my highlights and here recently. And I don't want to be, interrupt that, but the Red Sox play in that game next year, so that'd be fun. Oh, that will be Red awesome. Sox and, yeah. Red Sox and Orioles, so that'd be fun. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoy that. That's uh, one of my highlights. And my low light, like him or hate him, you've got to feel bad for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> um, 20, 29 years old. His career is really in jeopardy. He just uh, tore his ACL in an uh, off-season workout last week, and that's his third injury. He's tore his ACL twice and his Achilles as well. Um, for a guy 29 years old, you just got to kind of feel for the guy. Definitely, definitely, Chris. Good ones. And uh, my highlight is uh, what's going on right now, the um, Jimmy Fun uh, Radio Telethon. Um, it's a great thing that Nesson and uh, WEI do. Um, you, know, you know, people can criticize uh, those stations for, 
you know, a lot of things, but this, this is one thing that the, these, uh, both those uh, stations do well. Um, I donate every year later tonight. I will, um, $1 since every year that my mom passed, which this year will be $21. So, um, you know, it's a great cause and, uh, you know, anybody that can donate, doesn't matter if it's $1 or, or whatever you can do. So, um, that's a great thing. Jim, the Jimmy fun telethon and it's a, a big event, you know, it was yesterday and today. And, uh, as I said, it's a, it's a, it's a great cause. Um, my low light would uh, be Antonio Brown. Um, you, you know, I don't have a problem that he has a problem with the helmet. Tom Brady had a problem with the helmet, but Tom Brady was a little bit more mature about it. Um, you know, and, and didn't, you know, throw a hissy fit and, uh, do, do all that stuff. I mean, obviously Antonio Brown was going to play the whole time and, and he just used that as a threat, but, um, you know, he just another spoiled athlete is what Antonio Brown is. And, uh, you know, I think he's proved that, you know, multiple times and, you know, good, good for him to be out there where, you know, hopefully they struggle and, and he, he not seen much, but, but, uh, you know, I, I just, that, that's my low light and, uh, that was, Jimmy fun was my highlight. So, so, uh, you know, this good, uh, podcast guys and, uh, you know, any, any, any last words you got going into this coming week? Um, on your on your topic of the Jimmy Fund, I, I was uh, able to witness that yesterday when I went down. I donated uh, five dollars, I believe, to uh, to that because uh, I, I just just it's just a great just a great program. Um, everything everything that they do uh, for children is just amazing, and um, I'm excited for uh, more Patriots. Uh, even if it is preseason football, I'm excited for some more football this week. So, yeah, I do want to say too. I'm really looking forward to what's going on tomorrow at Fenway. Um, it's very unique. I, I've never seen anything like that where, where Kansas City is going to come in. They're not going to stay at a hotel in Boston tonight. They're coming in, basically getting off the plane, going to Fenway. Could be playing one inning, could be playing ten. Um, it's very interesting. You know, people, they're opening the gates under certain age, free, and $5, and all that money goes to the Jimmy Fund tomorrow. Again, you know, not, a lot of people can't afford it, so if people in the area, it's definitely worth it tomorrow. To, to go, even though it might be only one inning, just because you don't get a chance to do that. You know, you know, a family of four or five can go for, you know, under 30 bucks tomorrow, you know, where you, where you can't, can't do that usually. And again, it might only be one inning. I kind of hope it is. hope the Red Sox walk it off the bottom of the 10th. First pitch. First pitch. Well, well, yeah, well, the Royals <laughs> will bat first. But, yeah, so hopefully they hold them to no runs and then the Red Sox score in the bottom, bottom of the 10th. But it's a very unique situation. It's going to be interesting to see how many people actually show up. Um, as a hot dog vendor is going to show up outside for what could be 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I can't imagine a lot of people go even at that low cost, but you know, again, I mean, if, if you're in the area, it's definitely worth it, but, um, that, that's going to be interesting. To, um, well, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's going to be, I mean, it's tomorrow from when we were recording this, but it'll actually might already be, ha- be happening by the time we, we share this. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Um, anything from you, Chris? Guess Chris has nothing. He's, he he has no words for what you just said, Mark. Yeah, he's speechless. But um, you know, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank the listeners, and uh, you know, we'll be back next week again. I think we're going to be doing an NFL preview next week, so uh, um, look forward to that. And uh, want to thank thank you guys, thank you Chris, thank you Jeff, and uh, we'll talk next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to this podcast at Easter Means Sports.